Welcome to the Bear Grass Christian Church Podcast. I'm Dee Decker, Director of Communications, and we're glad to have you as a listener. It is still the season of Pentecost, so we're still celebrating God's gift of the Spirit to the church. We have wrapped up our Living It Up series and have began a new series called Lost and Found. This week's scripture reading includes the first of three lost and found parables in Luke 15. Have you ever lost and maybe found anything that was of value? As we begin to consider these parables, the timing is interesting. Think about what the countless number of people lost during the recent hurricane. And on September 11th, we remembered the devastating losses in 2001. Not all of our stories have happy endings. In this message, Dr. Bond invites us to consider... How do we welcome the wisdom to celebrate our finds and the strength and courage to celebrate our losses? Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. Got a short video to share with you from the Bahamas. From one to nine, he said that as long as they've been on this earth, they have never seen anything like that. You can't imagine. Video powerfully portrays the uh, difference between losing and finding. Someone walked in during the first service and heard the screams and couldn't tell if something was going wonderfully well or going horribly. And I want to thank you for your generous offerings to help folks like these folks we have seen in the video uh, to get through some very difficult times. But uh, the question really this morning is for for all of us. Uh, How many of you have ever lost something of great value? Most of us here, do you remember the feelings? It might have been tangible. It might have been loved one, friend, family member. How many of you have found something of great value? Do you remember the feelings? Great joy, celebration. As uh, we begin to consider these parables from Luke 15, uh, it's kind of interesting to think about the timing. Uh, you know, think about the cost, the countless losses during the recent hurricane and, and the hurricanes that keep churning up uh, and heading toward our land. Uh, on September 11th this past week, we recalled the devastating losses from 2001, and we realized that not all of our stories have uh, joyful endings like the family reunited in the video. 
And so this morning during worship, uh, I'd like for us to think about, you know, how, how do we welcome the wisdom from God to celebrate our finds, what we have found, and also discover the strength and courage to, to find our way through our losses? How do we keep the balance? It's still the season of Pentecost, so we're still celebrating God's gift of the Spirit to the church. We've wrapped up the Living It Up series, and now today we start up a new one called Lost and Found. And uh, we will focus on passages from Luke 15 to 17. If you haven't read those lately, I encourage you to do so as you prepare for worship. But we continue to think about what a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled life looks like. And our text this morning is the first of three uh, Lost and Found stories in Luke 15, and Luke links them together one after another, skillfully building in intensity and power uh, the, the force of the remarkable messages they convey. I mean, this is, this is good news. This, this is the gospel. And we can also, I think, identify layers of meaning within the parables. And so, in other words, they can, they can speak to us on different levels and different circumstances and situations. As you know, if you've studied much of the Bible, it, it is full of of sheep and shepherd imagery. I would guess that uh, for many of you, your favorite psalm is what? Psalm 23, I'm guessing the Lord is my shepherd. You know that one. Uh, today's lesson from Luke is one of the better known references uh, to sheep and shepherds. And so Jesus poses this perplexing question, uh, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one doesn't leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one? When you found it, you have a party, you invite your friends and neighbors, let's rejoice because the lost one has been found. How beautiful. What a great story. How touching. How moving. How ridiculous. <laughs> Think about it. You know, we've made this point before, but it's so important. You know, there's an old hymn, Daniel. You may know it. It goes something like this. There were, there were 90 and 9 who safely lay in the shelter of the fold. <laughs> But that's not how Jesus tells this parable, is it? He left them where? In the wilderness. That adds a tremendous edge to the story that needs our attention. You know, a hundred sheep is a good-sized flock, and surely the, the shepherd would not miss one woolly mammal. I mean, you know, let it go. But he does. He misses it. Why risk the well-being of the 99? You know, it's just one lamb on the lamb. I mean... <laughs> Let it go, lest you lose more. And, you know, sheep aren't as dumb as we once thought, but they still get lost, right? Uh, some just get lost because they like to eat. How many of you like to eat, right? You know, sometimes sheep just nibble their way, to, and all of a sudden, they're, wow, how'd I get here? You know, they just eat their way to being lost. Now, it sounds silly, but... Some of us exhibit the same kind of behavior, right? You know, we, uh, how many of you have been nibbling along, preoccupied one day, you're doing, thinking about all kinds of stuff, and suddenly you're in a room and say, why did why I come in here? Uh, I've had many adults confess to that. Or, or our children uh, with their phones, our youth with their phones, you know, texting. You know, if you do it on a busy street, it's dangerous because what happens? You run into each other, but you go texting along. And so how, how did I get here? 
right? So we know, we know about that. We can identify. And sheep, as you know, are born followers. They will likely follow you anywhere with a, a bit of an invitation. Uh, a woman tells a story about her pet lamb named Beatrice. One day, Beatrice uh, broke out of her pen, a radical move by Beatrice. She broke out of her pen and led the neighbor's sheep out of their field toward a busy highway intersection. This woman called out for the sheep, but they just kept trotting along following Beatrice. In desperation and at the top of her lungs, she finally screamed, and Beatrice stopped in her tracks and she made a U-turn, so to speak. And she came back to her field and brought the rest of the neighbor's sheep behind. A new teacher from Dallas took a position uh, in a rural Texas town. She asked her first graders, if you have 12 sheep in a field and one jumps over the fence, how many would you have left? And one little boy raised his hand and said, none. And the teacher said, I'm not sure you know arithmetic. And uh, he said, no, ma'am, but I do know sheep. Uh, Sheep will follow you anywhere, even... hmm. And to use a phrase from Handel's Messiah, we like sheep go astray. We go astray. We get lost as well. Uh, And it is possible that people do more dumb things than sheep. No sheep, to my knowledge, has ever been charged with abusing its own lamb. No sheep has ever been charged with stealing or charged with murder. I have never seen a sheep armed with an assault rifle. Anybody? I guess if we did see one, we would have to call it Rambo. Um, but, I, but I guarantee you that that will not happen. That will not happen. And I, I don't know any sheep that are, that are hooked on heroin or opioids or out uh, vaping in the pasture somewhere. Sheep do not hate other sheep because of different colors or economic levels or sexual orientation or religious background. Sheep only have a few ways that they can get lost. Now, humans, we're really good at it. We've got hundreds, and we're thinking about new ones all the time. Lots of options out there. I I suspect we all have either been lost or we'll get lost somewhere along the way. So, you know, some of us have hurts that were inflicted on us early in our lives, and those hurts still cause us pain and problems today. We may lash out at others or uh, act self-destructively. We may not even know why we do the things that we do. And that's why this passage, this story, this parable is so important. We, we need a shepherd. We need a God of lost sheep. We need a God who comes to us and finds us as we are where we are. I think we're also in the, in the finding business. Uh, Reverend Rob became a good shepherd. I didn't ask permission to tell this story, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, but uh, Reverend Rob sent uh, an email out to our parents and grandparents and caregivers of the youth in the church family last Wednesday, and he became a good shepherd uh, through that email. But he wrote this message. He said, today is the 18th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. We remember that day, but our children do not. 
and we would be remiss not to engage this topic with our kids. They have no context for how the world changed on that day. They have never known a time when you could walk someone all the way to the departure gate in the airport. Iraq and Afghanistan have always been war zones to them. And Rob said, this is a tough one for me. They have never known a time when our country was not actively fighting a war. So, so talk with them about what you remember before the attacks and, and during and, and what you were thinking and all that was happening and share your hopes. Share your hopes for peace and listen to theirs and, and pray. Pray for first responders. Pray for the troops. Pray for victims and pray for the world at large. And Rob, close the email with a prayer. May we all someday learn to live together in peace. Good and powerful words from a good shepherd. That day rocked our world. And I would guess that most of you who were around when it happened still remember where you are, what you were doing, what you were thinking, how you responded. That day rocked our world, but it also helped us. Helped us to rise up and respond to say, this is, this is not right. And, and there are ways that we can help. And someone said, you know, every human being has a basic instinct. We are hardwired by God to help each other out. And, you know, if a, if a hiker gets lost in the mountains, people will search. If an accident happens, people will line up to donate blood. If an earthquake, a hurricane, or tornado levels a city, people all over the world will send emergency supplies and assistance. This is so fundamentally human, you can find it in every culture, in every country around the world. He says, yes, there's some who don't care, but they are massively outnumbered massively outnumbered by the people who do care and who find ways to help. And, and that leads into an important point about the parable. We are better when we're in it together. We're better when we're in it together. One of the layers of, of the meaning in this story has to do with community, I think. In the parable, the flock is not complete until the one gets back to the flock, right? Uh, the shepherd can be viewed as a stand-in for Jesus, and he tracks down that lost one and brings it back. While finding the sheep benefits the shepherd, it is much more beneficial to the sheep, which likely would become a mutton-chop dinner for some critter out there if it stayed lost. The lost sheep represents people, and so there are many human applications here. Yet the only one Jesus seems to focus on is that the return of the sheep to the flock qualifies as repentance, which just means turning your life around and getting back to where you need to be. And maybe that's the point of the parable. Maybe the main reason for being a part of a faith community like this one is it's because it is where God wants us to be. Yes, shepherds do go out after the strays, but most of the good work shepherds do are with the sheep while they're in the midst of the flock. Flocks are nourishing locations where God can work with us. They're places where we can work with each other, both as shepherds and sheep. 
And if we lose our way, if we lose our way either as individuals or together, I think Jesus will nudge us back, lead us back, walk us back to community toward a place of safety and sustenance and nurture. And when we get there, when we're back together, the text today says there will be joy in heaven. There will be joy in heaven. Dr. Fred Craddock was one of my beloved preachers and teachers, and I am so grateful for the life and legacy that he left so many of us. But I continue to remain grateful, especially for his perspectives about these parables. He said all three parables in Luke 15 are commonly identified by their negative rather than their positive attributes. What do we call the parables? Well, we call it the first one, the lost sheep, not the found sheep. We call the second one, the lost coin, not the found coin. We call the third, uh, the prodigal son, not the loving father. But all three of them end in celebrations of joy. What happens? He says we devote an inordinate amount of time on the conditions addressed by the gospel rather than on the gospel itself. Focus on the good news, he says. It is true that a dark velvet background brings out the beauty of the diamond cast against it. But it seems, he says, that too many preachers and people enjoy the dark background more than the beauty of the diamond itself. He says these parables are about love. They're about forgiveness. They're about joy. They're about good news. Hmm. I, I might be mistaken. Anybody here have a, a sheep for a pet? I didn't think so. How many? How about, how about a dog? How many have dogs for pets? That, that's the closest thing I could find to sheep that would. I, but uh, I, I have another short video I'd like you to see, especially if you're a dog lover. Here we go. excited about a reunion with a dog or a reunion with a you how much more <laughs> how much more for a child of God We hope you have enjoyed this message from Dr. Bond, the first of our Lost and Found series. In upcoming sermons, Dr. Bond will be examining finding our priorities 
our way home, our faith, and finding gratitude. We will also have some exciting bonus episodes coming up in the coming weeks. To go along with our lost and found theme, I talk finding the Enneagram and God with Nina Maples. Nina is a certified Enneagram instructor, spiritual director, and retired minister. You won't want to miss our conversation about how the Enneagram has led her back to a deeper understanding of God and others and a path to finding her true self. Also, I have a conversation with Reverend Tracy Simmons and Reverend Marsha Mays Burton about their experiences as black women in the church and the world. You may remember me mentioning them in the episode with Rob Schrader about race and privilege. Tracy and Marsha reached out to me after that episode and asked if they could give their perspective. This is an honest, raw and revealing conversation that I think you won't want to miss. I also sit down with our ministers of Beargrass to talk about church, what it is, why it is, and what it needs to be effective in the 21st century. We are really excited about the interest in our podcast. We have listeners from over 17 states and two countries. Thanks for your support. If you like what we're doing, be sure to tell your friends and family. And if you have a show idea, have some feedback uh, on how we're doing, or just want to grab some coffee, feel free to reach out to me at d at beargrass.org. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out our website at www.beargrass.org to find out all the great things happening in the life of our community. We would love to see you around the table at one of our weekend worship services. Until next time, peace.